What's up, coaches? Quick update on the RTP Dojo. We've got Coach Schneider uh, coming over from Bixby. He's coming over this weekend. We're going to record our first talking ball in the dojo. We're excited about that. As soon as we get it cut up and edited and, and get it up, it'll be on RTP Premium, uh, and it'll be under talking ball. If you don't have RTP Premium, you can head over to our website, runthepower.com, and sign up for Premium. It's it's very similar, um, although not the extensive library, uh, to a Hulu or like a Netflix, but more like a Hulu because we, we add uh, episodes as we go and as we record those. So um, to RTP install from that to uh, our special teams, to our team builder uh, weight room, to now talking ball, uh, we try to add on those monthly or every few months. Uh, so you get access to all of that as an RTP premium member. You also get discounts to things like uh, the RTP 20 Summit. So we're looking forward to having Coach Schneider in and getting the dojo rolling. Uh, and obviously, we've got a lot of other coaches scheduled to come in, but he's going to be the first one. So wanted to give you guys an update on that. You can find everything you need on us on Twitter or at runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to high schools around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program better. Right now, Team Builder is offering a 10-week off-season football training program with a two-a-day speed and agility program. This template even comes with videos from some of the top SEC strength coaches that will show you how to run your weight room. Visit their website and enter the code RTP to get the off-season football training template and start your 14-day completely free trial at teambuilder.com. Again, enter code RTP at teambuilder.com, which is team, B-U-I-L-D-R.com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Dan Hughes. Coach Hughes is the head coach at Sioux Valley High School in Volga, South Dakota. Listen as we talk with Coach Hughes, and he tells us about how he has built Sioux Valley into one of the best programs in the state of South Dakota using servant leadership and mental toughness. You can follow Coach Hughes on Twitter at SVGibrarian. Hope you guys enjoy. Nothing, just sitting in my office here at the high school watching a little film. <laughs> there you go, what are you out. watching? I got our Elk Point Jefferson regular season game, the end zone copy on. There you go. What are you looking for? Well, I'm just looking for fundamental stuff, things we got a technique we got to work on specifically, you know, where their, where their hands are, where their feet are when they come off the ball, stuff like that. I got you. We were just um, – I was just watching, watching a couple different college games and uh, looking at, at – kind of how they formation and how they personnel some things. It's kind of my, my big off season thing. I want to get into, Oh, that's cool. Get into a little more pistol and, and uh, see if we can, we can uh, formation some people, but not have to switch out all of our personnels. No, that's good stuff. I would, in fact, this morning I was trying to get a hold of a guy down in Phillipsburg, Kansas that I know real well hmm. that runs all this stuff, power RPO off the pistol. He's great. I didn't, eventually get to talk to him too long today but that's something we want to look at too yeah I think um now I, I would like to be you know we're going to try to be a little bit more wide zone a little bit this year 
Um, and, and I like, you know, power. So I'd like to be under center all the time, but, uh -huh. um, our, our quarterbacks and, and our guy that our pass game coordinator, our offense coordinator, obviously would rather be out of the gun. So got to find a way to be, uh, I think kind of pistol solves some of that. We just got to find out, you know, what's the answer when, when we need to go, um, five, six, or, you know, six man protection. How do you do that out of the pistol? Are we going to shift out a pistol? Or uh, if we do that, how are we going to call that? So we got to kind of figure out what we're going to do uh, with some of that stuff. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, we have the same questions and, and things in mind. We, we try to be shotgun about 20% of the time. Um, but under center, we run jet motion so much. Under mm -hmm. center gives us a real deception advantage. And I don't want to lose that. Right, because that's that's hard to defend. So, so what's your what do you guys have like a six seven step drop or is, is most of your stuff under center play action stuff? And when, if you, we're on, when you do throw it, if we're under center, we are mostly going play action. But what we did a lot this past year, I have an all world quarterback who's got a four point oh and he's smarter than me. And I'm not afraid <laughs> to admit that. That's nice to have. Yeah, we'll. We'll put in a running player calling a running play, but then he has free access. If he sees a matchup out there, we have a couple really good wide receivers too. It's just kind of luck of the draw, one of those years. He can just go free access, check access, and, and drop back and throw the ball. They'll communicate the route to each other, whatever routes they want to run. And, it, you know, if we got a good guy on their bad guy, we're not going to – we're not right. going to dilly-dally around. We want the players to feel comfortable that they can get into that, and they do that all the time. In fact, I just watched one now. Is that something you have to communicate to your offensive line? Because uh, we were – I was wanting to get into that, and I think we just kind of got scared that we are going to be – you know, we are going to call power, and, and we're going to try to throw it out there to our receiver, and our guard was going to pull into our quarterback's face. You know, it scared me to death, to be quite frank with you. <laughs> yeah. But we started diving in last year, about this time of year, diving into the one-word calls. So if he gets up there and just goes access, 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 hey, you know, anybody, anybody can understand that. Mm -hmm. the, the, the line knows to get in their protection. Generally, in that situation, is big on big. I gotcha. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going. It really, it really went well. And to be honest with you, we scored some points off it that – we probably otherwise wouldn't have. Right. And, and it was taking a leap of faith. It was, it was listening to my assistants, which, you know, sometimes you just got to trust and try it. And boy, I mean, it was big games too. You know, you're looking for all those advantages and, and uh, a big game, they sneak a safety down in the box to stop the run. And we got a good player out there, access, access, and we're, we're going. So yeah. I think that's what, and, and what do I know, but watching, it's fun to me. You know, the Super Bowl is going to be two awesome teams, Kansas City and, and the 49ers, but I like watching San Francisco. Uh, and to me, the coolest part uh, about their running game is uh, it, it's so many, it seems like so many different checks and different, I mean, they're not going to let themselves run into a bad box. And like you said, right. if, if yeah. they do want to put too many, they can either – kill it to another run play maybe the other way or um they kill a run altogether and say okay we've got we've got numbers now it's the time to pass and and the thought how does that work in high school i don't know i'm sure you can't do it completely like that but the the thought of that is 
super, super intriguing. It, it really is. And uh, about a year ago, this might even be two years ago, I was diving into how do coaches communicate? How do they, what verbiage do they use? How do they make communication easier so you can do things like this? And it was amazing what different people do. And, and we kind of fell into something that works for us with, uh, with different calls. But if you can communicate it easy, I think the understanding, the kids understanding what you want to do is they're very competent in that regard. But I think where we make mistakes is we make the communication too intricate or too, uh, you know, like almost a whole different other language to learn. And, and I think that's where I have been a weak coach in the past um, rather than one word. This is what we want to do. Let's go. Hmm. So. I think well, that, coach, you guys are, you guys bring up some good points too. It's coach walls, by the way, man. Good to, how you doing? to meet you. Um, fascinated by the conversation. I love it. Um, I was just going to say, too, I mean, you know, there's a lot of coaches that, you know, still will try to keep the control on it. So maybe now it's like, you know, show hands, play check, look to the sideline. To me, again, that, that has its limitations, too, because now the defense can change, too. So the defense can present one look, and then the right. defense, you know, they, they always have, you know, a lot, of, a lot of no huddle, even defenses will have, hey, a, a pressure look or a base look, whereas if the kids do it on the field, you know, the, the coach has no idea that the DC has no idea that the play has been changed to me the the, to take advantage of that look, it's a lot more seamless and it happens faster. Right. And I think the kids take ownership of that too. When you start to teach them how, how that works, you know, we look at defenses. Okay. What plays do you think would, would work better here? Or more specifically, where's the green space? Where's the gaps in the defense? And what plays do we have that put the ball in that gap? If we walk them through that, they're very comfortable knowing what, what to do and how to get into it. And if they see it, they have to, they have to feel that I'll, I'll have their back regardless of the outcome. So this is what I saw. We tried to put the ball there. Ooh, I'm just watching film. We did another access for about 80 yard touchdown. Anyway, if if they see if they see that you know if they see the green space whether it's from rotation in the secondary or regardless of how it gets there and they want to throw something out there into that space who am i to argue that's the name of the game Completely and agree it, you know their confidence if something bad happens i don't want that to be stirred up i just said man i'd have done the same thing let's go let's go get the next one well, so. Coach, man, you, you kind of already, I think, you know, speaking already about your, your philosophy and things like that, I know uh, we really didn't get a chance to do the, the formal intro, but uh, may as well just kind of hop right on into it, let you yeah, introduce bet. yourself and, and talk about, you know, part of your philosophy and kind of, you know, your, your journey to, to get to where you are today. I know you'd come uh, pretty highly recommended for us, so we're excited to have you on. Well, I, I appreciate that, um, and I don't know if it matters to a whole lot of people you know, who I am, where I came from, but, but I, I can vouch that, that I've had as checkered of a past as anybody in the, in the journey to becoming a head coach. Um, you know, my dad was a coach, so I was, I've always been into it, but, but as an assistant, I was at some places where we didn't win a whole lot. And there was a gentleman that really had to take a chance on me in order for me to become a head coach. And, and in doing so, I've been forever grateful and I haven't taken any of the success that we've had here and we've had a, a bunch of success and haven't taken that for granted so I hope uh 
you know, there's a sense of humility and, and things like that that carry with us and carry with my players as we, you know, as we take on opponents and go through a season. But um, originally from Nebraska and, and uh, uh, taught and coached in York, Nebraska. Uh, didn't win a whole lot of games there. Uh, from there, moved on to Loganview High School. Was assistant there for two years. Didn't again. Didn't win a whole lot of games there. Really felt that instead of you know being part of the criticism or part of the you know the negativity that can come with that, I thought I better let's just have let's just become a head coach and let's see where this goes. And and Tom Oster from up here in South Dakota and Volga took a chance on me, and and I'm forever grateful for that chance. And we're on year seven now. We've been to the semifinals twice. We've uh, we haven't had a losing season since year one. We've made the playoffs uh, six out of seven years. The first year I was here was the only year we didn't. Um, kids are going to college, getting scholarships, play football. We've had probably a dozen All-Staters. It, uh, Coach of the Year in 2017, which, to be honest with you, is more of a reflection on my assistants than me. If you saw how they work, you'd, you'd know right away. But uh, – you know, it, it's been a, it's been a pretty good run so far. And to be honest with you, I think we're capable of even more and, and we got a good group coming back. So we'd like to take a shot at winning the whole thing. And if we reach our potential, I have every reason to believe that that's possible. But coach, I, I'm kind of interested in that. And I've been down this, this dark uh, hole is, is kind of what I think of it as almost this year um, after this season and, and trying to figure out, you know, what actually wins games. I think there's so many things we do as coaches and, and try to be perfect and do different things. And is your foot on the line or behind the line? And are you working out here? Are you sprinting doing this? Are you doing, you know, so many different things? And then, um, you know, whatever, you lose a game by whatever, 28, or, you know, whatever it is, or, or you win one year and, and you did the exact same thing you did the year before. Um, and, and so it's kind of been a weird – a weird journey almost this off season. Um, and, and so I'm kind of interested, you know, you've been at some places, like you said, that, that hadn't done so well. And then you've been at some, uh, a place like where you are now that you won a lot of games. Um, what do you think some of those, some of those uh, major factors are in um, the difference in having a, a winning and a losing season or winning a big game as compared to, to barely losing that big game? Right. It, from my experience, it's mentality and going about it in a way where the kids have a high, high, high degree of ownership. They are the ones playing. They're the ones that are out for the whole town to see. They're the ones that got to go home and listen to mom and dad or, or whoever. But if we're all in this together and we're, we've decided to be the, the toughest team out there mentally physically and have each other's back that to me is what really gets you through the games that you know it wins the games that maybe you you, you should have lost it, it's you just hell-bent on we're going to move the ball and this is how we're going to do it and then everything's aligned from your offense to your strength program uh to your mentality to the way you organize practice everything's in complete alignment as far as being the toughest group of people uh humanly possible i i believe that's that's you know the way to go and i see that in other teams i see that in you know definitely the 49ers this year i see it 
in Kansas City. I see you. You see that you don't have to be great at everything. You don't have to be, you know, throw the ball well or run the ball well. You don't. Ha- you know, you can have a lot of shortcomings and still be elite if you're all in it together. And the 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 most common word that you hear around here is "I trust you." Our players say it to each other. Our coaches say it to each other. I trust you. And when that is not just said but lived, it gets pretty powerful. And it's it, it's very humbling too to be part of something. You feel like you're part of something that's much much bigger than yourself. And and I think uh, you know that describes us accurately. And and you know we're excited because we, to be honest with you, we all trust each other, and we all know we're getting things done in the off season that are make us make us the best team we can possibly be. And you know, we're relentlessly positive too. And I think that always goes with it. There's, it's almost silly how, how positive we are. It seems like it's Mr. Rogers neighborhood sometimes, but there's always great things to happen, even in a loss. And we say around here, we've never lost. We've never been defeated. We'll, uh, we'll come up short on the scoreboard, but what did we learn? What did we do? Great. And those are the things that we focus on. And that's how we operate. And to be honest with you, it's been so much fun. And when the coaches are having fun and the parents are having fun, the players are having fun, it's the most intoxicating thing to be around. And I just can't get enough of it right now. It's writing a few things down here, coach. I, I love that, that uh, relentlessly positive, you know, uh, it, even taking that stuff away, you know, Hey, you know, there's going to be some games. I completely agree. You know, we're going to, we're going to be outgunned. You know, they might have one or two kids that we're not going to be able to cover them you know, or we can't tackle them or, you know, they have a defensive end that, that we literally can't block and, and we're going to have to play perfect to do that. But at the same time, like you said, you're taking away bits and pieces. Okay. Hey guys, we learned that this doesn't work when we get in the playoffs. If we see this again, here's how we're going to be able to, to use that to our advantage instead of, man, you know, I guess we're not as good. And then you go back to the drawing board and, and some coaches maybe go the opposite direction of, well, you know, maybe we, we aren't tough enough and now we need to, to go practice for three hours or we need to abandon abandon the whole plan that we had going in, you know, so now you, you kind of change midstream and then you're you're right back to kind of square right. one where you started. I, I, I'm kind of chuckling too. You said we go back and practice for three hours. The One of the things we're kind of known for around here is we, we don't usually practice. Uh, we don't do any contact. We don't uh, tackle each other. You know, we did a little more contact this year, but generally – you know, we wear shorts and helmets to practice and that's just kind of what we do. We keep it to an hour, 30 hour and 45 minutes. And, you know, we feel the, the physicality is developed in the weight room and with our mentality, we don't need to go beat each other up all week and then say on Friday, we're prepared, you know, uh, you know, I've, I've spoken on at clinics and things like that, showing people how we practice and, and things like that. And I always seem to get, are you serious? Is this real? But yeah, if there was one year, it was two years ago, I think we had maybe seven or eight practices where we wore shoulder pads and we had one that was full pads of the whole season. Um, the year before that, I think we had two or three full practice or full padded practices. But anyway, I can get off on a rant on that all day too. The physicality comes from freshness and toughness and, you know, the, the, the things we do in the weight room and, and how we attack the season and our confidence in ourselves. And performance-wise, when, when you're this positive, you know, you don't have that fear of failure. You don't have that nervousness of what, what if I screw up? All that does is hold people back. 
then I think it's a great feeling as a kid and as a coach to know if you have a bad player, a bad play call, you get more pats on the back than anything. There's literally nothing that you can do to to change the way people think about you or change the way people are going to speak to you or you're totally safe. You're, you're safe to be yourself and excel and just do your very best and celebrate all the good things when the game is over. But anyway, I'm sorry. I got on a tangent there. But. <laughs> no coach. It's really interesting. So, so how, um, with that ideal and, and with that being the way you guys are going to practice, um, you know, I, I think, probably everyone looks and says it's it, it sounds great for the skill kids on offense uh, and then people have probably some worries about tackling on defense and then uh, as an offensive line coach you have worries about you know what can you do in practice uh, with offensive linemen uh, being scaled back uh, contact wise so so what are you guys uh, what are your answers to that for your offensive line not like answers to me but I'm sure you guys have looked at it and said, okay, we obviously still have to get better. So what are some things that, that you guys really harp on in practice and, and try to um, get the most bang for your buck without having uh, high contact practices? Right. And, and full disclosure, we probably do uh, take longer to develop our tackling than maybe a team who, who tackles each other every day. But we are also the healthiest team when it comes down to playoff time and October, November. Um, and what we do a lot of is we do tackle uh, dummies. We tackle Pilates balls. Game speed, if you can keep that, that term game speed in mind when you're learning tackling, um, doing it on dummies and against Pilates balls and tackle wheels is probably the best way to do it, regardless of the injury bug or, or, or whatever. Because I can take that Pilates ball, which costs $6 at Walmart, I can fill it clear full of air so it's hard to wrap up. It's hard to get your body around. And I can whip that as fast as I can at an angle, you know, faster than any, anybody can run. And you have to take a good angle and you have to bring your arms and you have to bring your hips in order for that thing to be stopped and you to, and you to, to wrap it up without it flying all over the place. So that has been a real, real asset and a, and a real good tool for us, especially with teaching angles and having proper form and doing all those things without, you know, keeping your eyes up, you know, doing those things without uh, hurting our, our teammates or, or having old guys tackle younger guys or, or things like that. So the, the blocking, uh, as far as linemen go, you know, we push the sled around a lot, as I'm sure most people do. But I want our linemen to know what perfect fit is, where their shoulders go, where their hands go, where their feet go. and we'll get on a partner and we'll put, put that blocker in perfect fit. Then we'll set him back in a three point stance and say, get to perfect fit as quick as you can. Boom. And they get right to it and stop. So then we get a bag and we go, all right, go to perfect fit and take a step. Bam. They are perfect fit and they take a drive step. So they're getting off the ball. They're using proper technique and they're, I'll believe me, they're physical as heck when they get off the ball on Friday night. There is no shortage of that. And no one's getting beat up. No one's, you know, getting injured during the week. If we get injured, it's from a Friday night game. And that's just, you know, our, our philosophy. If we were healthy, I think we're as good as anybody. Yeah, I think the point you make with, you know, being able to, to practice at game speed, you know, even I think, you know, in, in practice when you're going against a scout team, I still don't think it's game speed simply because, 
you know, the, the mismatch in talent, the mismatch in size. I don't want to hurt anybody anyway. To me, that there's still not going to be that, that game speed anyway. And being able to use some of those other tools, it, it allows you to do a lot of those things like you're talking about, you know, in, in tackling. And I still think there's things you can do, you know, offensive line-wise. You know, maybe, maybe not as many, I think, as tackling, but I still think there's things you can do, you know, reach blocking, you know, being able to take your, your track, your first few steps to, to, uh, to contact. And then still, like you said, Hey, uh, my shoulders aren't beat up. I'm going to feel fresh. And when I get in a game, I, I've felt how fast it really needs to, to be and, and to be able to move that way. Absolutely. It's just like letting the dog off the chain, you know, go get him on Friday. Yeah, I've, I've seen the same thing with the, you know, with, with receivers and people, you know, we, we do the same where we kind of go, you know, a hard day and a light day, hard day, light day. And, and you notice the same thing with them. It's like, coach, you know, we, we did a bunch of ball drills this week. We didn't run a, a lot of these, these ones. Well, I guarantee when you guys come out, you're going to feel absolutely fast and rabid. And then the same thing when people would ask you, well, you know, how often are you working, you know, full speed blocking? Well, we do a lot of it. And I said, mm-hmm. by the time the, the game, the game hits, you know, they're, they're so ready now to <laughs> unleash the fury. And, and like you said, it, it, it is part of that mentality. You know, if I'm, if I'm teaching that mentality, you know, all the time and preaching it, hey, you guys are going to be fresh. You, you're going to not – you're just going to can't wait to hit somebody. You're going to be oh, fresh. Absolutely. You can't wait to hit somebody, you know. And I, I use, like, MMA all the time. Hey, you know, you're going to knock the dudes out in the first round. You know, you're going to pop these guys. They'll get knocked out in the first round. They'll tap out in the first round early. And, and then those guys are going to be on their heels. I think, like you said, when you, when you, you teach it that way instead of from the – the side of fear. Oh, I'm scared. We didn't hit enough. We didn't do this. Instead of you right. teaching from no confidence, man, you guys are good. You're going to be so fresh and you're going to be explosive and wanting to go after it. The kids follow that lead and they go do it. Oh, and they know what they're going to do. They know what they're supposed to do. They've been taught who to block they're, They have the utmost confidence in themselves that there's no question marks or that uncertainty that, that a lot of kids you know, may have going to a game. They're just good to go. And they can go into practice knowing that they're not going to get hurt in practice. There's nothing to worry about. They go there with the intention of learning. They, they want to know what the defense is going to do rather than who's going to knock their block off at practice today. So I think it's a great place for kids. I think it's a great way to do things. Um, everybody has to do it their own way. I don't expect uh, everybody to to uh, you know adapt to this or whatever but it's just it's the way we do it and I I sure think it makes for a great environment and I can tell parents face to face especially in this day and age of concussions and concerns of that that this is a safe place for your kids it's a place where they'll learn it's a place for where they'll be part of something and and I can do that without any hesitation at all coach is that something that also um, bleeds over into your off-season workouts um, as far as you know, trying to develop that ability to play fast and play strong. And, and, and the, the part that I think that sucks about high school football uh, is that, uh, at least here in Oklahoma, you know, we don't – some states don't have any spring ball. At least I guess we get some. But it's not until, you know, the very first or the very end of um, May. And so from January to May, it's, it's workouts, the, you know, every single day for however many months that is, it's long and it's, uh, you know, quite frankly, boring at times. Uh, is that something that kind of bleeds into your uh, off season is keeping kids mentally and physically fresh and, and still obviously working them out, but trying to keep them engaged and, and um, 
uh, ready for when football does start? Right. I, I believe it is something that carries over. We preach and demand that they play other sports. And they're all in the weight room. They're all to be lifting every day. And, you know, game day, if they have a basketball game or wrestling match or something, is their day to prepare. And, and we honor that, of course. But, but they're all lifting. They, they either have a class during the day or they come in the mornings uh, with me. But we demand that they do other sports. And, and the real reason why is there, I, you know, I will admit to anybody, there is nothing I can do to replicate the intensity, the focus, and all the things you need to have while you're competing, whether it be at baseball, basketball, track, or whatever. I cannot replicate that in an off-season training program. And that is the things that if you hone those skills, you become elite. And also the coaching that they get from other coaches is outstanding. You know, listening to the same messages be conveyed by another adult in another realm is very, very powerful. So we demand that they play other sports. Obviously track's a good one, but, you know, a lot of kids play basketball here, and that's great. A lot of them wrestle. That's great. Baseball is big. You know, they, want, they were state baseball champions here last year, and all of that carries over into football. Winning is a mentality. Winning is, by in many aspects, a choice. They, you choose to persevere. You choose to do the right thing. You know, that's what winners do. And right now, it's our goal, and I say it's ours from the administration on down, and we have a great administration that, that supports us, that when they leave our school, when they leave Sioux Valley, all they know is winning. All they know is success, whether it's from the classroom to the football field to the weight room to the basketball court to the wrestling mat to the baseball field. They've won at all of them, and they are truly prepared to be successful when they leave. And, and to be honest with you, that that drives our off season. And to be honest with you, there it doesn't even feel like there's an off season right now. I mean, they played basketball last night, and they literally won by 45 points over a conference school. You know, it's, the things going on here are special, and, and it's so wonderful to be a part of. But again, to hopefully answer your question, uh, our off season it, it really feels like a just highly competitive continuation, and, and it'll it'll carry it'll cycle around and get right back to football season. And we'll keep it going. Harper, is that something you kind of noticed at Broken Arrow too? I know when, when we were there, it was kind of kind of just getting rolling, but really talking about like just that, you know, kind of cauldron of champions, you know, making it making it the the whole school. And I know, you know, you, you guys are winning state titles now and in all different kinds of sports, you know, including football. Is that something you've kind of noticed that there maybe is a little bit more confidence and swagger kind of walking around campus when you have? that kind of as the backbone of your athletic program? Um, I, I don't know. That's a, that's a, a difficult question. I think, um, I, I think that, uh, I see that with the offensive line. Um, and, and that's maybe that's the only, only the, really the, the thing that I pay attention to the most. So maybe that's, that's the only reason why, but I, I really notice it with them. Uh, but that's cause we, we speak that into them all the time. Um, uh, as me and Coach Broyles, the, the offensive line, other offensive line coach, um, we just speak into them how special that they are um, and how great they must be if they're playing offensive line at, at Broken Arrow. Um, it, it's something we truly believe, but it's something that they hear every day. And they, um, you know, at most schools, 
you, you don't want to play offensive line, but it, it's something that at ours, it's something that we've talked up. Uh, it's something that we talk about. You know, we've been lucky and, and at Broken Air, at least in our history, we've had some guys go to the NFL. Well, almost all of them have been offensive linemen. And so it's something that we get to talk up and we get to praise and say how great we are. And, and like you said, now we have won a state championship. And so um, uh, speaking truly just about our, our group, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, they've got a confidence about themselves. Uh, but I think a lot of that comes from, uh, and what coaches talked about, is speaking that into them. I mean, when you tell the kids, and, and you've said it all a lot as well, Walls, I mean, when you talk greatness into kids and you talk about how bad, not bad, how bad to the bone they are, how good they are, and how mm-hmm. uh, tough they are, and how um, uh, all of these things, and they hear it every single day, um, uh, I think that it's it's invaluable, and and they start to believe in you, and they really start to believe in themselves. I mean, that's that's truly what they go in and and think, and and I think that uh, I think it, it obviously uh, shows when you're out on the football field. Yeah, dude, I I think there's no replacement for it. You know, we've said it a few times. You know, and and I know when we had Coach Bartell on, and he talks about you know being able to, to kind of nobody outperforms their their own self-concept unless you have a coach telling you that and I know coach Hughes has said it over and over again I'm telling them in the weight room how tough they are I'm telling them in the weight room how good they are I'm telling them you know on the track or whatever they're doing I'm telling them how fast they are I'm telling them how you know dominant you guys are on the basketball court that just hearing those things all the time to me everyone it, it's so simple that it's almost just straight up overlooked by people you know, they're looking for the next drill. They're looking for the next play. When, when literally that, that answer is sitting right there, it's so easy for anybody to do. And, and I love what Coach said, being relentlessly positive. You know, if, if I have the difference, you know, because everyone's like, oh, the kid's going to get a big head. He's going to get cocky. I'm like, good. <laughs> like, those are the yes. guys I want to coach. I want, I want the, those guys with swag. I want the guys with confidence. I don't want the guys that are like, hey, man, you need to be knocked down a couple pegs, you know. I'd rather be pulling back on the reins a little bit like, hey, okay, yeah, you need to back off a little bit, but great play, you know? Right. You know, it's it's better to teach humility, you know, than it is to make a kid who's quite honestly afraid confident again. You know, if we have that confidence, we can show them, you know, how to handle that in a positive way. Coach, what are some things you've kind of done, you know, talking about confidence, what are some things you've kind of done, you know, offensively, I know we'd start off the podcast a little bit with it, but what are some things, you know, maybe you've done offensively there in, in Volga to kind of, you know, also feed that culture and, you know, make it fun to, to score points and, and beat people? Oh, you know, the, the best thing we did is just went and sought out some great coaches and we learned the offseason. But we, we switched over to the hybrid wing tee, specifically running jet and jet motion uh, three years ago now. And the offensive records we've set were, were amazing. And I believe the reason uh, behind all that is now we can teach what the defense is doing. When you run a motion, and you'll notice San Francisco, 80% of their plays, are, they have motion. When you put a guy in motion, the defense does something. And we can teach that. So if we go motion from left to right, jet motion, and the, and the defense is you know, rolling a safety or auto blitzing or whatever – we will have a complement that attacks the area they're vacating. And we get to teach that all week. We can show rotation. We can show auto blitzes. The kids during a game can communicate to us. They're auto blitzing this guy in this gap. Okay, so what's the complement that you would run there? 
and it might even be the left tackle say, well, counter back this way works well if they do that. So let's run it. So those are the type of conversations that we're able to have because we went to this offense. And what's really cool is integrating the power play with it. And there's several different ways we do it, but it's been a, a great offense because our kids can take, again, take ownership of what we're going to use to attack the defense based objectively on what the defense is doing. Well, yeah, I mean, in, in what you stated, it's cool to watch the 49ers. One of the, the coolest things I think that I saw was uh, they, they, uh, they wait till they make any of their, their kills and checks until they do the motion. And so they'll come up there ready to go. And then they send the guy in motion, and then he decides, hey, we're going, we're going with this, or we're going to kill it, and we're going to go um, with, with, you know, depending on what the defense does, and kind of made me curious, are they doing that? So now, like you just said, defense has to show their hand. There's only so many things you're going to teach for a motion or a shift um, late in the play clock, and so now the defense has to show their hand, and now uh, that quarterback can put you in into the exact – uh, the exact right play, or at least uh, one that's that's a beneficial play to you. You're not running into uh, negative numbers. Absolutely, and it's so simple. And you know, I, I right now I I think our kids really have a good grip on it. And when I say a good grip on it, I mean they understand what defenses do, and how many high school teams can say that that they can look at a defense and get into a good play. You know, and and dang near every kid. Coach, how many run schemes do you guys have? So, I mean, obviously you're going to run some form of, of jet sweep, and you've, you've talked about counter and, and power. Is, it, is that kind of the, the whole gist of your guys' run game, or is there a little bit more that you guys will, will sprinkle in there too? There's a little bit more, but if you think of it this way, if you run a motion, you can put the ball in, in any gap from starting from left to the right. So if we go a jet motion, you know, we can, we can follow through with the jet and give the, pl the play um, – to the you know a sweep jet sweep to the right uh we can also run the jet motion to the right run off tackle run jet motion to the right and run a trap and a gap and then we can also run backside a gap backside off tackle with counter and we got a couple things we do to get the ball outside on the backside too uh, whether it's with the quarterback or, or a counter with the wing back so you want to be able to put the ball wherever the defense isn't going to be um, and another thing we've integrated this year as well as our quarterback and throw the ball about 70 yards. So we're now, when you're in the wing tee, you have four vertical threats. We'll run a jet motion and have four vertical threats and we'll put the ball wherever they're not. And, and, and if you have kids that understand that, if their safeties are rolling, boy, we're going to hit a seam somewhere and it's going to be a big play. I mean, you have to be, really really sound and really disciplined and really physical defensively to beat us and you know that's a lot of those defenses they're lucky if they're one of those what are some of kind of your go-to you know <clears throat> play action passes I mean do you guys kind of base everything off of you know four verticals and then work off of it there or is it is it kind of a, a quick game you know defenses is misaligned I mean What's kind of your starting point then when you look at the, the pass game? So knowing that you're going to attack all gaps in the run game, they're going to have to commit, you know, secondary people to be able to take some of those things away. What is kind of your thought process then with the pass game? Well, it, I, as I learn more, it changes. But right now we, we're studying the air raid pretty close, whereas if the defense, if they're going to relax off of us, you know, and, and play those verticals, we're just going to throw a quick pass. We'll throw a quick game. 
uh, whether it's slant, hitch, bubble, whatever, we'll throw a quick game right at them. Uh, not even run motions, bam, just, just get the ball out there. Um, if they're doing any type of rotation, you know, there's several vertical concepts we use. We switch, we can run four verts, but then we can switch landmarks, the inside and outside guy, which, you know, looks like a wheel. Um, but that's an air raid concept. And we can tag off any one guy to, you know, we can go four verts and then we can tag any, any other route we want with any receiver. You know, we number them on from left to right, one, two, three, and four. So we can go, um, I don't want to tell everybody what we call our vertical yeah, route. Yeah, yeah, don't, call don't do that, Coach. <laughs> you're if there's any Big East play. Conference guys out there and you're listening, you know, um, I'll keep that. But we'll call our vertical route, then we'll go one uh, slant or one in or three curl. or You know, it's a very simple way to communicate to, to our kids. Um, I want this receiver to want run this route. And, it, you know, right now it, it's working pretty well. And the, the temptation is, is to throw the ball every down, but we want, <laughs> we want to be running it and, and running it well. But uh, it, it, that's, that's really made us, you know, to be honest with you, 400 yards a game, 450, things like that are pretty common anymore. Just we can put the ball in those different places. Walls, what was your going into a game? What was your uh, idea behind play action every game is that something that um is that something that you're trying to set up are you running it to set up your big play actions or when you had guys like we had in 15 you know some freak receivers with with a quarterback that could really you know chunk the deep ball um is that something that you're truly just when you want something big that's something that you know you're going for uh you're looking when you could take that play action shot because you wanted to stretch the stretch it down the field, and, and then kind of my other thing is, how do you go about? How did you go about whether you're going to go? You know, we were in a lot of twenty-one. Whether you were going to go uh, same side with the receivers, uh, so that rip that rip look, as opposed to just you know split receivers. Um, it's kind of twofold. I mean, to me, number one with with shot plays, we'll just call them shots. So it, it, for me, there was, there's basically two types of, of play action passes. I mean, you could, you could say there's a third if you want to attack intermediate zones. Wasn't really my style. If, I, if I'm play, play action fake, I'm throwing the ball deep or it's going to be like a naked where I could move the pocket and then I had kind of layers or levels. But I, I always wanted to have just built-in shots and it was just like a, a bank of, of shots. So you almost have kind of like three or four concepts that you really, really like and then you figure out here's maybe formations that we run a lot and run the ball out of. So I'm going to, I'm going to build my shots in there or, you know, Hey, here's just, here's just plays that we're always going to have. And we're always going to use them as shots. And once I use one of them, now I go back and I'll just figure out a different way to get to it. Um, but when you talk about either going, you know, split field or, you know, putting them in slot, um, a lot of that depends on the defense, you know, in, in, if I'm in a, a wing strong formation and, and I'm playing split receivers, they might play more cover three to me, cover three. It's, it's harder to throw posts against because they have a dude sitting in the middle of the field. So when I would move him and, and play more slot, I might see a little bit more split field coverage to where we could get some guys down, down the middle. But again, still having answers for both of those. But you know, for me, the, the easiest way to score points was to throw, throw the ball deep down the middle of the field. So I'm going to find a, a way to, to throw posts. Um, but like I said, for me, it was, it was always having a bank of those plays. And then 
it was just kind of through film study, then what, what are going to be the best ways to, to run those shot plays? And then by the time you get to the end of the season, you, you should have a bank of, you know, you and I, you and I were talking the other night with, with uh, the Titans game, and I kept saying he's using all of his bullets early in the game. You know, you gotta you got to have a full clip, you know, of, of shot plays or trick plays or, or scoring plays that, that you can still go to. And if you use them early in the game and, you know, and you only score 17 points against an offense like the, the Chiefs, I, I just thought, I'm like, man, they're going to run out of bullets. I got you. So, so um, yeah, that's exactly what you said. I mean, with, with <laughs> having, having those bullets and, and they didn't, they didn't have enough. Uh, but, but like you said, you know, you kind of got to fire them and, and hope that, Hope that it goes out well. I think that's why it's interesting to watch um, some of those offenses that historically do so well on like their first drive. Uh, they've got such a great drive, and it's so interesting to me how their first drive is perfect. They march down the field, boom, touchdown, and then maybe they even have a good second drive, and then they kind of stall out um, maybe the rest of the game. What? And it's obviously based on every single team. But do you have any ideas? Um, maybe what what is what's the reasoning on on teams like that? Are those the teams that are uh, out talented and, and they just had a, a few good plays? Uh, are those things that you can't come back to, or um, do they just kind of fall back into oh, this is what we normally do? I I'm interested to hear Coach Hughes' take on this too, but I I seriously think like it's it's almost like there's something about like the psychology of a play caller. It's like once he uses one of those, that it seems like they'll, they'll usually never go back to like that, that kind of shot play. And then it's like you said, they, they fall back into the rut of, you know, what's comfortable, what have we always done? And then I think, you know, by then the, the defense already kind of knows, Oh, they're back off script or they're back off the, the game plan things that, that they've had. I don't know. I'm interested to hear what he has to say about it too. Well, so the question, the question is, these teams that uh, maybe have a bad drive to start the game, the the first drive of the game, and, and kind of how people go about that or how teams go about that. Um, I guess from my perspective, uh, you know, we scored on our first drive of the game nine out of 11 games this year. And it comes back again to mentality and the confidence that the team has when they have the ball. You know, if there's – I guess, question marks out there or if, you know, whether it's they're prepared or not or the defense is doing something crazy or not. But if there's some type of unsure mindset out there that generally leads to getting into bad plays or lack of execution or things like that that uh, keep the team from scoring, you know, and then there's also sometimes they're better than you <laughs> and and that happens yeah. also. But, yeah, that, that's a great question. And um, there's been some guys, coaches I've looked up to, like Tim Yonk. Uh, from, he coaches at Creighton Prep in Nebraska. I know he had a year at Loganview where I think half the games he played in, they scored on the first play, not to mention the first drive. So there's all, there's all those things that come together on the first, you know, the first couple drives of the game. It is an interesting thing to study. I know, like, you know, you – there's, there was a few times I know th this year we, we were kind of a slow starting team maybe, you know, and you, and you look at that. I know we, we went to kind of some things in practice where it was like, hey, let, let's take, you know, five, five plays that we know we're going to open the game with. And we kind of started practicing that against our defense. And, I, and after that, honestly, we, we saw a little bit better 
execution because the kids kind of knew what was coming, knew what the men, like you said, the mentality of it. Hey, we're going to be aggressive. We're going to take a shot on the first play. We're going to take a shot on the second play or, you know, this, this play should be here. We should, we should have this. So I think there was some of that familiarity. Whereas I think there was other times where it's like, Oh man, you know, I, I got all these plays on my play sheet. I, I like all of them, but maybe, you know, the kids, the kids didn't have the same kind of deal. It's like, oh, these are all going to be good plays, but they didn't really have that here's when it was going to be called, you know, preparing, you know, the, the mind, or maybe, I don't know, maybe it's a focus thing. It's, it's weird. You know, I, I, I've, I've been on, you know, b- both sides of it. Sometimes it's, you know, when we could score every single first drive and, and we wouldn't really script it. It was just kind of me going off the cuff or there was other weeks where I'm like, Hey, I, I'm really gonna have to kind of dial this in. It's, it, it's, it's weird as a play caller. I know for, for me anyway, that I, I was, I was so, so feel oriented. You know, knowing knowing what to do, kind of going in, having run through it in my mind six, seven, eight times, maybe even more than that. And there's other games where I'm like, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what they're going to be in. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't, I don't really know how this is going to go. So I kind of have to get into it, and then, and then just kind of shift gears that way. So, you know, I, I couldn't really get into the science of it. I, I've never really scripted, to be honest. And I don't know, you know, if, if Harp and them and you guys do, I, I've never scripted like my my opening plays or my first 10 plays ever at, at any any level when I've ever called plays and I, I I've just always thought like you know what happens if we get a huge kick return am I still calling the same play or what happens if I get backed up on the two-yard line am I still calling the same play so I mean I just never had those things I was always kind of like here here's the plays we like I've talked to the quarterback I know what he likes and and here we go and you know even to be able to tell him right there on the the sideline, hey guys, I'm I'm real confident, right? Now. I'm going to take a shot right now, and letting those guys know, hey, tell them we're taking a shot. We're going to score on this play. So again, you know, coach, you've said it six times already. That that mentality, giving the kids that confidence, letting them hear that before the play call, it's not like, yeah, hey, we're going to score. Wall's got one dialed up. So a lot of feel, a lot of variables. Harp, I, I know I'm probably not answering any of your questions, but that's. That's honestly about about what it was like, man. It was it's weird. It's a weird thing to kind of sit and describe. Yeah, that's uh, it's the same thing, you know. Like I said, I, I don't really have much experience of it other than uh, JV or JVOC, um, and so I'm, I'm kind of rolling in there. But I, I try to make it as much game day like uh, as I can, and so that's why you know I, I just get curious on on how guys look at those and and how they decide when they want to do things and. And it's easy as as the JV OC because uh, if it goes wrong, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you go and lose the game and take a huge shot, and it's a interception. You know, oh well, where you got to have a little bit of guts to do some of that stuff um, on you know in a real game. Walls, I can't remember if I was talking to you and, and Coach Hughes. I'm kind of curious your answer as well. Um, I was watching. I think it's really interesting to see what an offense coordinator's thoughts are uh, when they're backed up within their own five. You know, there's, there's obviously there's go with the field position and, and let's get out and maybe we get a first down, but at least give our punter some, some room. And then I've seen some really good college coaches and, and NFL coaches that decide, hey, we're, we're taking a shot. We're, we're already backed up. Let's go take a shot. Uh, what's um, uh, Walls and, and Coach Hughes, kind of what's your maybe thoughts on that uh, going into it? Hughes, go ahead. <laughs> I step right into this one. We we rehearse this all the time, actually, this situation. So we go to jet to our best guy, and we put a defense out there. We're backed up at the six-inch line, and 
the defense is smelling blood. It's a tendency where, where defensive coordinators, you know, they're feeling a little greedy. They want to get that safety. They, they want to score the points. You know, they're, they're putting their best guys in attack mode. And we take our fastest, best guy and run jet, and we tell them, yeah, you're getting out of the end zone. No matter what, you're getting out of the end zone. And I don't want to take a guess at how many yards per play we've averaged, but it's in probably the 20s, if not the 30s. So, you know, it, we, it's our go-to when we're in that situation. Again, there's probably a Big East coach out there, too, that is going to benefit from me sharing that with them. But I, I guess they probably just have to watch a little bit of film. and They'd probably see that. Uh, so. <laughs> Coach, who's the who's the is it Canada? Is that the guy, Matt Canada? Is he the one that did all the the big motions and, and coming across to it at, at Pittsburgh? Was that who it was, Walls or, or Coach Hughes? That it seemed Canada. like Yeah. He, he lit up Nebraska that uh Big Twelve or Big Ten championship game when he was at Wisconsin being the OC. They scored seventy on Nebraska and I I think Jeez. they ran jet or jet motion every play. Matt mm-hmm. Canada called every one of those plays. We the first time we have a rival here at in in Oklahoma, Broken Arrow, and and it's for years that we haven't been able to call them a, a rival school because they've beat us like twenty years in a row or something ridiculous. But anyways, we, we beat them in our, in our first touchdown uh, two years ago, and our first touchdown was uh, after we watched Canada. I think when he was at Pitt, um, we went in jet motion and and faked the handoff and ran inside zone and linebackers flew, and that was kind of our first touchdown of the game. Uh, and we were really heavy into looking at some of that and then sending receivers over and then having them, you know, jet across and then stop at, like, the tight end and then come jet back over. And, oh, that's um, good stuff. You know, so, some of those different things. And we even went, you know, as far as to try to get fullbacks at, at, in wings and, and have them come across, and that never worked. We just – fullbacks weren't fast enough. But, uh, you know, tried a, a couple of different uh, of those things. Uh, is that someone – College-wise, where do you guys look to, to try to find, you know, maybe new ideas or new things with the jet motion? Well, there's a gentleman by the name of Dwayne Alexander who I quite frankly have been stalking the last four or five years. We'll, t- <laughs> we'll take our staff to a glazier clinic every year. We've been to Chicago. I know we're from a little town in South Dakota, but we've been to Chicago, Denver, uh, we're going to Kansas City in a few weeks here, but we're doing that because Dwayne Alexander will be there. We, uh, you know, when we're there, we just bug him. Um, he's kind of on the, you know, he's been coaching and calling plays and doing this for 30-some years, and, and he'll tell you straight up, every, every one of those play calls, 80% or more, have had a jet motion, and he's seen it all. And he'll say, well, here's what we're doing now, and here's what the defense is going to do, and we're writing like crazy. Um, Coach Schiller bought his flash drive that has, you know, just hours of stuff on it. So he's kind of our go-to guy. But at the end of the day, um, if the de- it, it, the defense dictates, you know, they, they kind of cut their own throat per se. If, if this is what they're going to do, we better have a play or two that puts the ball where they're vacating. There's, they can't defend everything. There's a compliment for anything. And sometimes you just kind of got to draw it up. And we've drawn up some of our own that are, have honestly turned out pretty good. Some of them not so good. But, you know, th- those are the things that we get our, get our attack from, get our ideas from. Harper, just so you know, when I'm backed up, I'm throwing it. <laughs> <laughs> good. I mean, should. I'd heard – I mean, listening to you, you talk to a few guys about, you know, the, 
the the risk reward. I mean, obviously, if you don't want to, you know, f take a sack fumble or something like that in the end zone, but but being able to give up a safety, you know, as opposed to you know slamming it up inside three straight times and then having to punt it. And if I've got a punter that can only punt thirty to thirty-five yards, you know, you're you're honestly better off trying to get that thing, you know launched out of there or you know a throw get it up out of there or even if you take a safety and then you have to kick it off from the 20 you're, you're going to be in, in better shape than you would have been uh, initially before anyway so you talk about the quote analytics it's kind of changed how I think about it I'm having like you know coach said I'm gonna he's getting the ball to his best player and he's running his best play I'm gonna try to get the ball to you know my best player if they're doubling my best player hopefully I've got enough uh, other options like you're saying if they're doubling a guy they're giving up uh, another space on the field where, where we can, you can take some pretty good shots or, or throw some pretty safe passes that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get the thing uh, out of there, but I'm definitely throwing it. I'm not, I'm not going to quarterback sneak and stuff like that. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great. Well, coach, um, uh, it, it's been, uh, you know, coming up on an hour now and, and had a blast talking uh, football with you, but, uh, the one thing that I always like to, to know, Coach Hughes, is when you're watching another team, their offensive line, what's some things they'd be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach? Well, number one, they have their eyes up and they get off the ball hard. If they're doing those things, you know, they're, they're well coached. Those things don't come naturally uh, really to anybody, and, and they only come through emphasis and repetition. So um, there, there's a – there's a lot of great high school coaches out there and guys, I, I'm not afraid to say that there's, there's probably high school coaches that are, that are, you know, worthy of being division one, big 10 type coaches, but they decided to stay in high school and, you know, coaching and play against some of those guys is, is always a blessing. It's, it's so intense and, and it's how well coached some of these teams are is, you know, it, it sometimes it's, it's inspiring. It's hard to explain too that they, kind of know what you're going to do before you do it. But, but no, if they, if they got their fundamentals down there, you know, it's going to be a dogfight. Coach, man, it's been a blast having you on. It's always good to talk to another uh, fellow South Dakota, and that's, you know, where I'm from originally. So oh, it cool. holds, a, holds a special place in my heart. And then also, you know, you being a, a Nebraska guy, you know, also went to school at Nebraska. So huge Husker fan here. So, so go Big Red, obviously. And then uh, also – not to mention, uh, I was at Takema Herman for a year. So, oh yeah, see, I grew up in Wisner. Yep. So, been in that in that same area, man. Wisner, Pilger, you know, Takema Herman, Logan View, that that side, east side of the state, man. There was some some fun times I had there, and I was actually able to to reconnect with some guys there this week too. So, cool. Uh, brought back some cool memories. But uh, like I said, man, you came uh, highly recommended. Know you're doing a lot of cool stuff up there. You know, in in uh, in Sioux Valley, the Cossacks, right? The Cossacks and. And I, I hopefully uh, I can mention one more time the assistant coaches we have here are phenomenal, and none of this, none of the things we're doing here would be possible without them. And and, and I love them, and and hopefully we get to do it for a long time. And that's gonna do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy running the power, go get your shirt long sleeve or hoodie at runthepower.com also if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app this will help our podcast rating as well as it'll allow us to answer the questions you all want answered make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com 
Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.